podcast one production. Hi, I'm Rosie Waterland. This is Mum Says My Memoir Is A Lie. Jesus will propose to your sister and not you, dick. My sister got to marry Jesus and I didn't. Just like all the other boys in Smurf Village, he liked her and not me. And I have to say, given his alleged noble qualities, I was a little surprised that he turned out to be just another guy who ignored the smart, awkward girl and went straight for the beautiful one. Also, I would end up having a very brief period in my early 20s, right after my freckles faded and just before I gained a lot of weight, in which I was considered quite attractive. So suck on that, Jesus. Rhiannon's proposal came about rather quickly, as far as rushed romances go. I'm not sure if you could call it an arranged marriage, but my mum certainly facilitated the proceedings. Basically, one day she decided that we were Mormons. I'm not sure exactly how it happened, but I like to think mum looked at the eager, sensibly dressed young men holding their Bibles who had just knocked on our door, shrugged her shoulders and said, yeah, all right. A few months later, Rhiannon was put in a white dress, shoved down the aisle and dunked underwater, thus cementing her love connection with the big man himself. As usual, I watched from the sidelines, not surprised that yet another man had chosen her over me. I was probably about seven, which would have put her at about ten, and even then I knew there was a huge disparity in our looks. She had gorgeous olive skin and those wide-set alien eyes that were becoming popular in the early 90s thanks to the likes of Kate Moss. I inherited my dad's Irish skin, was covered in dark freckles, and my eyes were small, grey, and unremarkable. I wasn't unfortunate-looking by any means. In fact, I was quite pretty, but nobody was stopping me in the street asking me to do Kmart commercials. Rhiannon was constantly stopped in the street and asked to do Kmart commercials. But despite the fact Rhiannon's looks were something that everybody around us constantly felt the need to point out. She's just so beautiful. She's going places. She's going to be famous. She and Rosie look nothing alike. I don't think I realised just how significant the difference was between us until the contest. The child modelling contest I entered, which Rhiannon proceeded to win. That was the exact moment I realised I was the Doug Pitt to my sister's Brad. Nothing can quite prepare you for the trauma that comes with entering a modelling contest only to have your sister win it. That was the day I figured out that no amount of smarts would ever matter as much as a pretty face. And considering I had been born with the smarts and the average face, I was pissed. It happened at the Some Kids Are Beautiful and Some Kids Are Not modelling competition at Macquarie Shopping Centre. Okay, so I can't actually remember what it was called, but that title pretty much captures the essence of it. I desperately wanted to enter. There was a temporary studio set up in the middle of the mall and you got to bring two outfits and pretend to be famous for half an hour while a teenage casting agent pretended to know how to use a camera. Then they forced your mum to pay exorbitant amounts of money for photos with a faux cloud background. Since I had always assumed I would win an Oscar by the time I was 10, obviously for playing the lead role in one of my many works in progress, or a tree used girlfriend in the sequel to The NeverEnding Story, the kind of star treatment offered by this totally legitimate modelling operation seemed right up my alley. Naturally, I would be discovered at the studio, literally three cubicle walls and a curtain, and this would get the Hollywood ball rolling. I think for a kid who lived in a housing commission complex, also known as the ghetto, it was a pretty standard escapist scenario. 
I was so excited on the day. I tried to look as close to Mariah Carey a la Dream Lover as I could and brought my favourite tracksuit for the outfit change. I thought it would show off my fun, sporty side, important for demonstrating range. I had my precious $90 fee, a birthday present, in a little envelope that I handed over to the lady slash photographer slash only person who worked there while my mum and sister waited outside. Oh, so it's just Rosie getting photos done today? The lady slashed my ticket to Hollywood asked as she stared longingly at Rhiannon's perfect face. My sister had only come because she thought the whole thing was hilarious and I was a massive dweeb who deserved to be ridiculed, which was almost certainly true. She didn't have any intention of actually being involved, which seemed to disappoint the photographer a great deal. She kept asking me if my sister had done any modelling and I had a bad feeling about where the whole thing was headed. But I persevered, damn it. I was determined to make this woman see what I had to offer. I posed for about 87 photos while sitting on an upside-down bucket, obviously also holding a giant sunflower because this was the 90s. Then I changed into my sporty four-coloured tracksuit, which had a different colour for each of my arms and legs because I thought it was important to prove I had personal style. I worked it hard. I was like my own stage mother and I could feel a win in my bones. Then Rhiannon had to go and ruin everything with her perfection. When we came out of the studio, the lady whispered something to my mum who whispered something to my sister. Rhiannon rolled her eyes, shrugged and followed my ticket to Hollywood back inside. I may have been young, but I was astute enough to know that I was being looked over and not very subtly. I barged through the door, again, literally just a curtain, to see Rhiannon standing in front of the camera, face entirely unimpressed, getting a photo taken. The lady, who was now looking less and less like my ticket to Hollywood, then thanked my mum profusely for letting her take a photo of my beautiful older sister for free. My 90 bucks stayed firmly in the cash register. A few weeks later, I had all but forgotten about my modelling efforts. I was happily playing Nintendo, Duck Hunt for those in the know, when my mum got a phone call. She looked at me, panicked. Then she gestured quietly to Rhiannon that she needed to speak with her in private. I should have seen it coming. She had won. My sister had won the modelling competition from one shot of her looking directly into the camera Barely smiling, Rhiannon had won the whole damn thing. And the bitch didn't even care. I think she was more amused by the fact she had managed to win a contest she hadn't even entered, rather than excited by the fact she had won. She already... Stop laughing, Mum. This is really traumatic for me to read. It's the way you've written it. It's funny. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I, am an, I am a writer, you know. <laughs> Can I finish? Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> she already knew she was beautiful. People told her all the time, so big deal, right? I, on the other hand, was pissed. I cried at the injustice of it. What a waste of a birthday present. I couldn't believe my four-coloured tracksuit hadn't got me over the line. But it was finally clear to me that day. She was Brad. I was Doug. She was Kim. I was Chloe. She was Giselle. I was whatever Giselle's sister is called. So a year later, when Jesus decided he wanted to marry her and not me, I was disappointed but hardly surprised. That's just how life goes for the Dugs and Chloes among us. Your sister ends up with Yeezus and you end up with a crack-addicted basketballer. We had never really been religious. I was meant to be baptised Catholic to make my dad's family happy. I think they were worried I would end up in baby limbo if some idiot in the neighbourhood hadn't vaccinated their kids and I caught something and carked it. 
But mum's concern for my eternal soul must have been minimal because she never quite got around to having my head blessed by a priest who could definitely be trusted around children. So I wandered the earth for my first few years completely unprotected, blissfully unaware that I was essentially a godless devil child. Then the Mormons came knocking and everything changed. Suddenly, it became vitally important that our souls be saved. We were subjected to weekly sessions at some place called church, where we were sent to a room with other kids to colour in cartoon pictures of some dude called Noah. His obsessive need for everything to be done in pairs made me gravely concerned for his mental health. But when I helpfully pointed this out, I was rudely dismissed and told to concentrate on the love I have for Jesus. That was their answer to everything. Think about the love you have for Jesus. Meanwhile, mum was next door with the adults wearing a floor-length skirt and participating in some kind of intensive singing group. She started carrying around a Bible and highlighting parts of it at random, then proudly showing her newfound highlighting skills to the men who turned up at our house each week on push bikes. After spending a few months colouring in and thinking about the love we had for Jesus, everyone started talking about Rhiannon's special day in which she was going to become even closer to Jesus. Then my mum took her shopping for a fancy white dress, and I knew what that meant. The bitch had snagged another one. Jesus had fallen in love with my sister. The wedding day arrived, and Rhiannon was showered with attention. Lots of conservatively dressed adults kept pinching her cheeks and congratulating her. Then they would pat me on the head and say, Oh, don't worry, your time will come. Always the fucking bridesmaid. As someone with a vast knowledge of weddings, based on my time spent watching Disney movies, I considered the ceremony quite unorthodox. The groom was a no-show, for one thing. He sent some random in his place who stood with Rhiannon in a giant spa bath. Then, once the vows were exchanged, Jesus' proxy dunked Rhiannon's head underwater. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Instead of a ring, she got dunked. At this point, I realised that maybe I hadn't missed out on that much. If marrying Jesus meant ruining your pretty new wedding dress in a giant Jesus bath, then I could live without a proposal. Although it did mean that Rhiannon was now spiritually protected and I was still a godless devil child. But at least my clothes were dry. The grass is always greener, I guess. Things went fine with Jesus for a while. We got dressed up every week and went to the church place. I tried to do what I could for Noah's OCD and my mum kept singing with the grown-ups next door. We all continued to dress very, very sensibly. But then, in what seemed to have become a familiar pattern with the men mum brought into our lives, everything ended quite suddenly. We started staying home on weekends. My mum stopped wearing floor-length skirts, and when two clean-cut young gentlemen with Bibles came knocking at the door to see how mum's highlighting was going, she shut it in their faces and locked it. That was when I knew Rhiannon's marriage to Jesus was over. I never quite understood what had happened. With the benefit of hindsight, I'd say it probably had something to do with the rules about not drinking alcohol and my mum really, really liking wine. Whatever the reason, it was over. First, Scott the taxi driver then John the Navy man, and now Jesus, all in and out of our lives like a flash. But giving up Mormonism meant my mum could go and get pissed at the El Rancho again, and that was where her next epic romance and marriage would have its humble, white-jeaned beginning. I'm glad you found that one so amusing, mum. <laughs> the time I realised I was ugly. <laughs> No. <laughs> yes. I, I was traumatized. <laughs> I was so I, excited I was about really, that competition. I was so disappointed when they rang and yeah. said that Rhiannon had won. <laughs> no, I, I thought, oh, my God, how am I going to deal with this? 
Oh, Rhiannon thought it was hilarious. You didn't, you didn't pay your birthday money. That's bull. I had money in a little envelope. I can't remember what no, I thought it was. No, I paid for the photo. Of course I did. No, but I'm pretty sure it was one of my birthday presents. No, it wasn't. All right, fine, whatever, whatever. You get so hung up on the weirdest details. No, I don't want people thinking that my daughter paid her birthday money for <laughs> photos. Thank you very much. I can't, you know, there's still, um, there's still a, a photo floating around from that day. Yeah, I know. Because, I can picture um, it. Because she. I can picture it. You asked her to take a photo of the two of us and Rhiannon's I in this, like. that tracksuit. Yeah, I was in that tracksuit. I don't know why I loved it so much. Had, like, a purple arm, a green arm, a yellow leg and a blue leg. It was, I don't even know. No, why you bought that for me and let me wear it. They used to have things like that. Remember I used to make you paint T-shirts for you and stuff like that Yes, too? I do remember. Yeah. yeah. They were pretty good though. I've seen a lot of the things good. I'm wearing in photos from my past that mm. I blame you for. But um, I was wearing that and Rhiannon had on this like really cool looking like black leotard. She looked like she was a member of that band Girlfriend, which was the coolest band. And, yeah, there's a photo of the two of us from that day. And I look so daggy and freckly and like well, a loser and she looks clothing. so perfect. Back then I was doing this um, positive parenting thingy. You know, you, you read this book. Yeah. And you're supposed to allow the child to choose what clothes they're going to wear. You can at least <laughs> you can at least give them the choice of what to wear and that's what you chose. That tracks And that's what you wore. <laughs> It's I your it was, choice. I thought it was my most stylish outfit. Did you? <laughs> I remember when you told her, and she oh my she gosh. was laughing her head off. And you know, like, she's still got that trophy <coughs> to this day. I know she, still she does. has it. But I remember when you told her, she started laughing <laughs> because she didn't even care that she won. She just thought it was funny. Oh, like it was, it was my dream, was and awful. she just thought it was and I, funny. I knew that, and it was just awful. I didn't know what to do. You know, I'm really disappointed, I have to say, of everything you put me through as a child, one of the things that makes me angriest is that you were never a stage mother because I feel like I would have won an Oscar by now. (laughs) No, I swear to God, I hate that I had to be my own stage mother. and I had to beg you to drive me to drama classes. Don't you remember I did that little Shakespeare play when I was like 10 with that drama group? I loved all those things. You didn't have to beg me. I automatically took you, no, Rosanna. you didn't. I missed a lot of weeks. No, you didn't. Yes, I did so. Where was this that you missed? That it was some drama hall. I can't remember Where? how I found See, out you about can't it. Even, I probably you can't it even in, remember the details. I probably looked it up in the yellow pages myself. I was so desperate. And then it was a bunch of kids who liked drama and we were putting on some Shakespeare play. And I remember they gave me a boy's part, which story of my life. Why? Who were you playing? I bet you can't remember that. I was playing the Prince of Aragon. Thank you very much. Yes. And I was in love with this princess girl and you made me a sword. You wrapped foil around a wooden stick so it looked like a... Um, yeah, I used to make good props. Yeah, you did. But you, I will say this, Mum, yes. often didn't drive me to drama class. I did so. I always drove you. Uh, no, you did not. I'm just saying. And also, like, I could have really used an agent. Like, (laughs) I may have been, like, freckly and daggy looking, but I could have done commercials. There's room for that. Oh, come on. There's room for daggy looking kids on TV. I wasn't going to be that kind of parent. Well, I wish (laughs) you had been. Well, I'm sorry. I wasn't. I could have been bankrolling us all by now. (laughs) You're right. Why is that funny to you? Yes, it is. 
Because you've never spoken about this before. Well, I've said many times that I wish you had been a stage mother. Maybe not to you. No, you've never said it to me. I wish you had been. Can we talk about the Mormonism, please? Yeah. Why were we Mormons? Because I wanted to. What no, happened? you know why? Didn't they just knock on the yes, door? Is that what You happened? know why? Why? Because they used to mow my lawn. <laughs> That's why. What? Why they do used, they mow your they, lawn? They do all these odd jobs for you. So, Are you serious? Yeah, I, did, I joined because I wanted my lawn mowed. <laughs> So the two guys came and said, Elder. Hey. They, were, they were both called Elder Someone. Elder, Elder Someone. Yeah. And then they were like, we'll mow your lawn and wash, wash your car. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So he said, yeah, that's genius <laughs> of them and of you. But then we got sucked into it. Yeah. Because the day no, Rihanna yeah. got dumped, you yeah. got dumped that day as well. Yeah. We, no, we both. you had to be a certain age. That's why you didn't yeah. marry Jesus. Yeah, thank God. It wasn't because you, you know, weren't pretty enough or whatever. It was because you had to be a certain age before. And I remember the uh, the spa, it was all glass at the front, so you could see yeah, the people standing Yeah, I can barely remember that. But then I remember we used to go every week and I had to go to the kids' room and colour in oh, pictures of Noah's Ark. Yes. But then I remember one day you got mad at them and told them basically to piss off when they came. Like, why did you suddenly change your mind? Is it because you wanted to go get no, pissed at the old rancher? because basically... Like you, you, I went to the adults group. You went to the children's group, and then I'm, I'm learning more and more about this religion, and I'm thinking this is crazy. It's not this man, not worth this the free lawn mowing. Who died in the 1850s? Well, he should have had the tablet that he found. He dug up in the back yard garden in Missouri or whatever, wherever he was. Or no, no, no. Where do they all come I from? I don't know. Utah. Utah. Yeah, he dug up this this tablet, and I'm thinking, oh, where the hell is this tablet? It was only in the (laughs) 1850s, like, seriously, like, I question everything. Yeah. And I'm thinking, these people are crazy. Did you say that to them? Of course I didn't. Anyway, I went, then I went again the next week, and then the next week, and then I had to sit through that boring, bloody church service. Went for two and a half hours <laughs> yeah, I remember. every Sunday. And I'm I thinking, remember. Jesus Christ, this is all bloody ridiculous what they're carrying on about. I don't know whether you'll even be able to play this. It might offend Mormons. I think no, I, I, I feel like Mormons probably and aren't I listening thought, to this much. I thought, oh, I feel like an idiot. I'm going through all this crap just so I could get my mo- lawn mowed <laughs> and my bloody car washed. You know what I mean? <laughs> How long did it take you to realise well, and then, like, I, I, I stopped drinking and stopped smoking cigarettes for 10 weeks. Oh, so 10 weeks. Yes, because you're not allowed to. You're not even allowed to have Coca-Cola or a coffee. I, I so it was like just... my, my life had come to an end. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, stuff this caper. It's no good for me. <laughs> and so did we just stop going? Yes. Because I remember on, it was my... F- I totally sacked them. <laughs> and they weren't very friendly bunch anyway once they you know, got you in. What do you mean? Why? They just weren't very friendly people. Okay. I didn't feel like I was part of the Mormon church. They Like, I felt like an outcast. Well, probably because you kept asking about the tablet in ask. Utah. I didn't ask about that. I just worked it out for myself. Then why? There wasn't going to be any answers. Then why were you an outcast? Because I didn't feel like I belonged. It was just another religion that I sort of tried. You know what I mean? I remember on my fifth birthday party, yeah. they came and knocked at the door, two guys, yeah. 
and um, you the screen door was locked and you wouldn't let them in and they kept asking if they could come in and there were all these kids from Smurf Village who were at the house because it was my party and they were like, who are those guys? And I was like, oh, they're my mum's church friends. And I remember you got really angry and you were like, no, go away. I don't want you here. And I then wouldn't you, have been rude. Then you, you no kind way, of, well, you know, rude. you were firm and then you shut the um, actual front door yeah, in their faces see, and wouldn't let them once, in. Once you're baptised... They like they're sealing you with other members of your family forever. What do you mean? It's, they seal you to another member of your family or your fa- or your wife. You know. So what? You were sealed to Rhiannon? No, for every with everyone in the family. This is some crazy shit. And it's sort of like, well, who the hell am I going to be sealed with? Because you know, I've got Anthony, <laughs> I've got dad, who was a mess. Well, Anthony is your dad. That's what I mean. So anyway, I thought, mm. no thanks. I also had Jehovah's Witness come there every single week for almost the entire time I lived there. Did you ever go every with Sunday? Them? I never let them in the door. Oh, so we never went. It was with always Jehovah. no. It was always I looked through the door. He gave me the um, watchtower. I think that's what it's called, and but never let him in the door. Every single Sunday, this same guy used to come. And then you did Wicca for a while. I remember you no, were into that. No, I was interested in it. I wasn't doing it. Right. And then you married. It's a bit hard to get wolf hair in Australia. (laughs) Mum, you're so funny. And I was was thinking, oh, I wonder if I could go to the zoo and like just pluck a bit through the wire. You were going to go to the zoo? No, I was thinking, how the hell am I going to get this wolf wolf hair? What did you need wolf hair for? But you know what the wolf hair was? I found out later. It's actually a plant, not actually a wolf. So I, I wouldn't have had to have gone to the zoo. Uh, well, because I guess there was no Google back then. So you no, read wolf hair in a book, you don't know what it is. No, I sort of got interested in that because it seemed like exotic and people would sort of think, oh, she's a witch, you know. What did you need Watch wolf out hair for her. Oh, I think it was a love potion or for bringing money mm. to the house or, you know. That would have been nice. <laughs> yeah. And then you married, and his family was super-duper Catholic, and then I finally got baptised when I was eight. I remember that. Do you really want to know the reason why I married him? Yes. I didn't want to have another bastard. You mean a bastard child? Yes, I didn't want to have another one. Oh, so you consider consider me a bastard? Yeah, yeah, well, you are. (laughs) No, basically, that's what you are, right? Me and Rihanna and I, I didn't want to be another one of those women that kept on having children to all these different people, never getting married, and that's why I did it. That's so such an old school way of thinking for you. You're normally quite progressive about that stuff. So that's why you married him, because you were pregnant? Yeah. Oh. Four months. By the time we got married, I was four months pregnant. So you just married him because you didn't want Taylor to be a bastard child. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then, like it did, like yeah. But then yeah. I remember when Taylor got baptized when she was a newborn or a few weeks old or however old you are when you get baptized. Yeah, yeah. Catholic church. His family was so mortified that I wasn't baptized, so I got baptized on the same day as her, and I was eight. It was just very hard fitting it all in the Catholic church. You have to do this at a certain time in your religious life and you've got to do this and do that. I mean, before I could marry in the Catholic Church, I needed to get an annulment from from the Pope. 
the actual Pope. Yeah, that's where you had to gives annulments for stuff. Well, he's like that. probably got someone to do the work for him, like Taylor's uncle. Oh yeah, yeah. Taylor's no. uncle's a priest now. Yeah, so I had to go through that. Then I had to go to lessons. Yeah, I did too. A nun came months. to the house. I remember that nun. Yeah, used and to then come get the baptized. House. I can't believe he joined all these religions. <sighs> I didn't really join them. Well, you kind of did. Yeah, anyway. Are you religious now? No. Don't, Not at all? No, I don't believe so. I wish I was. Why? It means that you have something there and that one day you'll meet up with people. It doesn't mean that. that. It just means that you think that. Yeah. Are you glad that none of your kids are like crazy religious people? Yes. Because I, I don't know, it just doesn't make much sense to me. Mm. You were always really progressive when we were young. Like, I never thought there was anything wrong with any group of people. Do you know what I mean? Like, you were really feminist and um, you had all these, a solid set of values without being religious anyway. If anything, the religions you joined had shittier rules than what you lived your life by. Yeah, and like, and I didn't remain in them if I didn't believe it. One of the things I like about the Catholic Church is confession because I really needed to confess. (laughs) (laughs) Did you used to go to confession? That's probably why I became Catholic, so I could confess. Did you used to go to confession? It was like confessing to God, you know what I mean? Yeah, they used to make me go at school. I used to go to mass every single morning after I dropped her off at school. You did not. Yes, I did. What the hell? I did. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. I used to go to morning mass. Loser. Every morning. I can't believe you did that. There was only old ladies there. What did you confess? Well, I I was too embarrassed to tell the priest, so. But they're meant to forgive everything, right? No, I made things up. Like I'd say, I've got to confess, I've got to confess, especially before I was baptised. And um, I remember going to see him. Oh, I've got to tell him this, got to tell him that. And then I said, oh, yeah, I'm not very... Patient with my children, and I think that's what I confessed. It's a lot of shit. That's like the tamest <laughs> confession, especially or for I you. Shout, or I shout at them, or something, you know. Oh, I shout at my kids. Or something absolutely lame <laughs> that I confessed to, so it didn't didn't really work, did it? <sighs> They're all a bit crazy religions. Yeah. They're all a bit nuts. Well, the, I think the one that I agree with the most is um, Buddhism. I'm quite mm. interested in that. I was going to start sort of looking into that. You do tend to go into things full ball. Like Mormon's knocked on the door and neck minute you were getting dunked in that pool. <laughs> you met Taylor's dad, neck minute, going to mass every day, this is which after. I had no idea about. <laughs> well, at least you got your lawn mowed for a while. Yeah, and, the, and, and the your car, car washed. Yeah, I didn't have much of a lawn anyway. It was only a little patch. Oh, yeah, I remember. The there was nothing. Oh, well, worth it then. was. Well, it was another experience. I still can't believe that. And I, and I you know, I never knew that. And that would have made my book so much funnier. No, and I got to know a few of the inside secrets of the Mormon church. There's all this information that you don't learn until you like start going to these groups. They don't let you know about it until a bit later, probably because they're worried that people are going to think, "Jesus, this is bloody yeah, crazy." Crazy. And they were really strict about tithing. What's that? Um, it's a percentage of your money that you give to the church. Fuck that. Even the Catholic Church has tithing where you give 10% mm. in a little envelope. I give 10% to oh, Menulog. Who too? Who? Menulog. <laughs> I'd say you probably give more than that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
in the next episode. It got to the point where, you know, last year, and even for the last, like, what, five or six years. I hadn't left that. I you, don't think I had. I hardly ever even left the yeah, house. Yeah, you didn't leave was, the house. Like, you would wake up and yeah. drink and just and sleep was, and wake up yeah. and drink and, and I was sleep. And no, I was no longer able to communicate with people. No, you couldn't. I couldn't no. even have a conversation with you. No, you couldn't, no. And, like, we all thought you were going to die. Yeah, I was. I was. We were kind of just waiting. I was dying, basically. Mum Says My Memoir is a Lie is recorded in the studios of Podcast One. Recording assistance by Felix Bray. Audio production by Nick Slater. Executive producer is Jamie Show. For more episodes, head to podcastone.com.au or download the Podcast One app.